0: What's going on guys, and welcome to another episode of the Raptors Community Podcast. It has been a while, but I think it's time to talk about the Raptors. They're about halfway through the season. The team is 18-23. and 23. They've got 10 of their next 14 games on the road. And they're 5 games back at the 6th seed. And to be honest, they're in this inflection point where we're thinking, should they tank, or should they go for it? Should they contend? Should they maybe add a piece to make things interesting. And like I said, there's a lot of ways this team could go, right, so one way, you try and push towards that sixth seed, and like I mentioned, you're five games back at the sixth seed, it's not unrealistic Toronto ends up outside of the plan and above it. But then there's the other side, which is, you've got the Tankathon, the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes, you've got um, Scoot down there, you've got a lot of different talent in this draft class. And Toronto right now, I think, at 11th in the East, they have a 30 to 35% chance at a top four pick. That's pretty solid. However, to get to that upper echelon of tank, which is where the Hornets are, the Pistons, the Magic, the Spurs, the Rockets, to basically try and lock in a top four pick to the best of your statistical abilities, you have to out-tank these teams. And to be honest, I don't think Toronto can do that. Even with how bad they've been playing, They've won two straight, but generally how bad they've been playing all season. I just don't see how they could undermine these teams and get lower in the standings than them. They're already about five games plus ahead of them for some of these teams. So it's going to be difficult for Toronto to get that top four pick. Like I I just don't really see that being in the cards for them. I don't see why you would waste a season of, of prime Siakam unless you were to just completely blow it all up, trade Siakam, Freddie, probably Gary because of his contract. Maybe you keep him. And pretty much rebuild about around OG, Scotty Precious. Um, and then, yeah, maybe if you decide to keep... um, What's his name? Gary. Then you could maybe make something work. But I don't know. I'm still just trying to determine what's the best direction for Toronto to take. And I'm going to currently go under the, this umbrella of let's try and compete. Because I feel like the most important part of this is let's not waste this year. Siakam, you've got a really strong roster. You've got some good assets on decent deals. Like You could make something work. You could flip something around. And you've got fluidity amongst that roster to do something like that. So I'm going to just give a quick breakdown of the team, talk about their weaknesses, their strengths this season. And then I'm going to go into the trades. So I think I have two or three decent trades that are you know somewhat lateral but adds a player and it makes the team a bit different a bit more dynamic more interesting and then i've got a crazy one a really ridiculous trade so stick around for that because it's i actually think it i actually think it could work uh but maybe you guys won't i think it might be the most ridiculous thing or it could be dope af so let's just get right into it so like i said the raptors 11th in the east somehow despite having what seems to be like a top eight roster in the East on paper. They have a decent defense. They're generally top 10 in opponents' points per game, and somewhere in the top 15 to 20 generally in, in defensive efficiency. They kind of has been fluid, and they're somewhere in the middle in the NBA. I don't know exactly where they land. This does make sense when you think about um, the type of defense that the Raptors run. So they oftentimes throw a lot of doubles at teams. And then teams are making the extra play, but the Raptors heavy rotation leads to usually tough baskets or open opportunities in the short corners or just with layup and lanes and like mid range jumpers. So, so generally Toronto runs off this high risk, high reward defense. And I think the narrative this season on what's the most important thing that they need to work on is their offense. And despite the amazing offense of Siakam and what we saw last night against the Hornets, As a whole, they've been really inconsistent. It seems like no two or three players can have it going on the same night, which is kind of what Toronto is missing. You're missing a guy who can get you a bucket and be consistently up there with Siakam. You're missing two consistent guys. You have one pretty consistent guy. Usually Freddie is. He's had a tough season. I'll give him that, but as a result, it's been difficult to have somebody consistently there backing him with another solid 20, 25 points per game. To support see what Siakam's doing offensively. On top of that, the team isn't built around him. They don't actually have any true three-point shooting. The only player averaging over thirty-six percent from three is Malachi Flynn, at forty-one percent, but he's only shot like eighty to ninety threes this season. Whereas Siakam and OG are north of two fifty generally. So they have a relatively weak bench with players who don't really play that much. They lack depth and talent from this bench and there's two interesting ways of thinking about this i think a lot of people are currently starting to scapegoat nick nurse and that could be fair but generally maybe the bench just isn't that good right i feel like maybe the assets on the bench the players on the bench just aren't performing very well for whatever reason it is i don't i can't really say why but that could just be the reason but then you look at someone like yuda who's one of the best years in the nba when he leaves toronto you've got these guys who leave toronto and end up developing really strong roles Maybe that's because of the work ethic maybe it's because of the training in, within the infrastructure of the team and the organization but maybe it's because of just opportunity and playing with a superstar that makes a guy like you to look like the best shooter in nba history i don't know exactly what the causation is but toronto is still able to develop young guys like og and gary trent and their growth is substantial as their roles grow in toronto despite not having the best fit within that that role gary at the time I was writing notes which was a few weeks ago he was averaging maybe even a week ago he's averaging about 26 points per game over his last four games. He's since cooled off but he's still had some really solid games all in all this season. And generally there is a lot of talent on this roster, but offensively there are many holes. They do depend too much on transition offense from that crazy defensive scheme that they run. And so the purpose of this podcast is just to say let's make the Raptors buyers and and let's kind of give the reasons why first of all why they should be buyers and then let's get into the trade packages because there are some interesting ones this should be a short pause should only be 20 minutes 25 minutes but I think it's gonna get really interesting so let's cover the side of Raptors as buyers so they can make a push for in Pascal Siakam's prime add a player to complement him and the remaining roster from a trade you want to also generally improve the team's scoring and shooting ability as well as secondary playmaking to help either off the bench or as a primary player. Another thing to think about is adding a center to help with rebounding. So when with that last point, the first guy you think is, oh, let's add Miles Turner. But I likely don't see a team like Indiana as a seller. And if you were to trade for Miles Turner, you'd probably have to give back something like Gary, which I think is just a bad trade for Toronto. So I'm not going to be covering Miles Turner in this one, despite probably what you guys want to hear. You know, something like Thad Young and... I don't know, Kem Birch or or some weird combo of contracts for Miles Turner, like some ridiculous trade that'll just never happen. Um, But let's pretty much cover the three guys now that I think are actually realistic. Two of them I I like, one of them I don't. The first one, this is my favorite out of all the small trades, is Bojan Bogdanovic. So he's on a $19.5 million contract with the Detroit Pistons. And for that type of contract, it is kind of difficult to make a trade without... Using Gary or some similar-sized contract, you could throw in Gary and just kind of swap them. You give them a young 23-year-old who averages 18 points per game. Toronto gets a guy who averages 21 on a higher percentage from three, a guy who can be a secondary playmaker. Adds a lot of utility next to Pascal Siakam, but if you were to get rid of Gary, then you've now depleted the roster of some of its offensive talent and defensive talent. You switch him with Bojan Bogdanovic. In my opinion, if you were to do that, it's a lateral move. So Toronto's most likely going to have to package something more like Thaddeus Young, Ken Birch, and a first-round pick with the incentive being, Bojan is worth a first-round pick and a vet. And that's what they would get. Thad Young is a great personality to have in the locker room. He's a guy who's not going to take too much too many shots away from the young guys that they're trying to develop. There with like Kate Cunningham and them boys all there. They've got a lot of pieces there that want some shots. So you could add Thad Young as a, a veteran voice presence, a guy who's who's been there, who's done that. Then most importantly, you get a, a first round pick from Toronto, which could end up being worth a lot in a few years, who knows, depending on the protections, depending on what Toronto decides to do with it, but it's just some form of first round pick as the asset to return for Bojan. I was also thinking about potentially adding Precious, but I couldn't figure out the numbers for that type of deal. I felt like if you were to give them three players, that's kind of an overpay too, because you do need to give up Thad Young for the contract deal, so this one made the most sense. Like I was saying about Bojan, though, this season, 21 points per game on 41% from three. He's played almost every game this season, I think, if not all. And he would really help the Raptors in their half-court offense and spread the floor next to Siakam. I think that would be really important just because of the gravity Siakam demands on one side of the court. You just have him chilling on the weak side on the wing or in the corner. And Bojan will hit shots. He will threaten the team. He'll help space out that defense. You can even have him in the short corner when Siakam is driving, right? You could have him in the right corner. Siakam's on the right-hand side doing his thing. And then if they try to double him on the drive, you can just kick it out to Bojan, have him produce, have him do some secondary playmaking stuff with the guys. I think that's a really nice fit. I I wonder if one first-round pick is enough to get him. I'm not really sure what his market value will be, considering it is a bit of a a seller's market. So sellers are going to be getting... People are going to be overpaying because there's a lot of teams that think they can contend because generally I feel like the Western Conference seems more open than ever. The Eastern Conference seems more open besides Boston and Milwaukee. So teams are going to be making these types of moves because they're somebody's going to overpay for Bojan like we could see someone doing you know a couple of draft picks maybe even three for a guy like Bojan I'm keeping it realistic this trade may not happen because of that market value that I mentioned but that's the type of deal I could see Masai making and that would be a fair deal for both teams the next one I was thinking of was Kyle Kuzma so he's on a 13 million dollar deal so it's a little bit easier to work with he is on an expiring somewhere I think one and a player option um, so the trade package I had was Kem Precious, Achua, and a second-round pick. So I think that's a fair return for Kyle Kuzma. You get a young asset in, in Precious, um, and I think Washington would be interested in him. You get a second-round pick as well, so I don't think he would demand a first in addition to Precious. So I think Precious in a second makes a lot of sense to me. Kuzma's also averaging 21 points per game. He does take a high volume of threes, but he doesn't shoot them at a high efficiency. He's under 34%. So the fit in Toronto isn't amazing. This is why when I told you at the beginning that there's three trades, but one I don't like, this is the one I'm not a huge fan of. Just because I don't think he'd be the best fit in Toronto. He's a bit of a defensive liability. Uh, he does score a lot of points, so he could help in the offensive side, but I think he might end up being a negligible move based on all the stuff that I just said. And I have the exact same thoughts with Prozingus, too, the, Like the exact same concerns. He would help with rebounding, but he's also on a ridiculously overpaid deal at 33 mil so i would not i'd rather just not have him on the team or on the roster on the cap um because then you have to trade multiple guys you have to trade freddy and probably like gary or precious or sorry gary or og and that just doesn't make sense anymore so yeah i mean kuzma let me know what you guys think of that one i personally am not a huge fan but it's just something i threw out there as an option for toronto The last one I think that's interesting on the Utah Jazz is Malik Beasley. He's averaging 14 points per game under the radar, 37% from three on, almost nine attempts per game. It's a lot. It's a lot of attempts per game. That's nearly how many Freddie takes. And the package would be Boucher, which has to be after January 15. Malachi Flynn for Malik Beasley. And Toronto could also give a second rounder as well. Um, I think this is just a solid trade for Toronto to add to the point guard depth and shooting depth within the roster somewhat of a lateral move but you get a guy who's going to shoot at a high volume of threes he's going to make them he's going to space the floor you in in turn do have to give up Boucher who does average nearly the same number of points as Malik Beasley so it could just be a better fit for the roster a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands a guy who can just space the floor and just shoots threes at a high volume so I think that could be an interesting one as well another trade like I said somewhat lateral um, but let's get to the final trade Okay, and this one's really interesting, and just give me like 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it is, to explain all the different parts of this. Um, but this is a crazy trade that I think could actually happen. And it's crazy because this player just got the all-time record in points for his franchise. You might know who I'm, think- who I'm talking about now. Yeah, I'm thinking Damian Lillard being traded. And you might be thinking, okay, Portland would never trade him. He's a he's Portland player for life sure but portland is currently wasting his remaining good years dame is 32 he averages 27 and 7 assists they're currently like the 11th seed or something they're not even in the playing tournament i don't think they're really low down there they're under 500 um and even at 32 even though he signed through 2026 27 he could still be really good all the way till the end of that contract maybe it won't be a great deal near the end it's already a massive deal um but for portland right you guys are thinking no 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 but come on this is actually a no-brainer right it's a good business decision because they get cash out on Dame as the asset and then the team doesn't have all the tools to contend right now so it's time to give up on that dream I think Uh, for Toronto they can build a contending roster with him and then there's another team that has to be involved in this to actually help fortify Toronto's roster but let's just get into the actual package so Portland would get Okay, actually, let's start. So there's three teams in this deal, including the San Antonio Spurs. So the Spurs would get Otto Porter, which I don't know how that works with the new tr- trade thing now that he's on IR. Um, but Otto Porter and a first-round pick from Toronto, we'll just say. So that's one pick from Toronto. Portland's going to get OG and Anobi, Gary Trent Jr., Kem Birch, and two first-round picks. So one being from Toronto, one being from the Spurs. Um, sorry, the, the Spurs pick is a second-rounder, I should specify. Because for the Spurs, the incentive is you can flip – Jacob in a second for a first right so they got a decent first-round pick they get to move up in the draft And they get to get rid of Jacob Pirtles the guy who's coming to Toronto in addition to Damian Lillard That's right the trade works the, mo- the money makes sense um, The Spurs get a draft pick to help round out their roster so for them that's right Portland It's a good business decision like I mentioned because you get to cash out on Dame as an asset And like I said they don't have the team to contend with Dame, unless they're maybe move a few guys, but I still don't see how that even will work. And for Toronto, you now have a contending roster, right? So clearly I'm a Raptors fan, so it makes sense that this Raptors are going to win this trade. They do give up a lot, but you end up with Fred Van Vliet, Damian Lillard in your backcourt. Then your frontcourt is Scottie Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Yaka Hurdle with a bench that has Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. So there is a decent amount of depth on that bench, including like Banton as well. The addition of Freddie, or sorry, the addition of Dame and Yakup Pertl increases your three-point shooting, your half-court offense, your pick-and-roll offense, and then also you now have a solid rebounder in the middle to help with some of those issues guarding bigger bigger bigs. And honestly, that's it. That's the trade. I think it's a no-brainer for Toronto. I mean, you know, you have to give them an OG and Gary, but Gary's on an expiring deal. OG is amazing but he's not as good as dame and then for toronto you get to try and 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 eke out the remainder of siakam in terms of like now it's the beginning of his prime now you get to try and elevate him to win another title and if that happens then he's probably going to finish as one of the great the greatest raptor of all time so for toronto it's actually seems like a really good opportunity can that team contend with the celtics and the bucks maybe i mean you've got a decent defense you've got a solid offense I do worry about Damon and Freddie in the backcourt. It might end up being a move where you're, you're emptying the, the cupboards for a guy that you're not going to end up winning with. It would make the next few years interesting, but for Toronto, more realistically, they're going to conserve what assets they have, and I feel like they're more likely to be sellers. But as of right now, that's just my trade because I'm, I'm interested in seeing contention because for Toronto, like assets in return is always more difficult to measure if they were to empty the cupboards and, and go into this full tank mode. So I don't want to really talk about full tank just because it's a little bit um, more, you know, it's just a little bit more difficult to to measure and measure up to. So that's the end of this podcast. That's the Trade Rumor Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate your time as usual. Uh, Make sure to subscribe. Give us five stars. I'm going to try and do the podcast more consistently. I say this every time, but life's just busy, man. You know, covering the Raptors with all the content we do podcast is at the back of the priority list but i enjoy doing it and if you guys enjoy doing it i need to see you guys listen i need to see you guys engage so i know that you guys actually want more of this so i'm not going to waste my time if if you guys don't even like the content so thank you for listening i really appreciate it i'll catch you on the next episode peace out everyone